Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen free. My name is John Allen Turner, and the gentleman in the Fifty Shades of Grey over there is my good friend Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing all right. But I have to say, I can tell you've been a bit preoccupied today. Even we delayed uh, pressing record because yes. you have been uh, texting and back and forth. Texting right now. You're texting right now. What, what What's going on over there? On my daughter there, uh, has a deadline today. Oh, yeah? On accepting a particular scholarship. I thought it was going to be earlier in the week. No. No, it was, it was, it's today. Yeah, it was supposed to be earlier in the week, and, oh. she, and we got it postponed so we could have a family meeting about it a couple of nights ago. So okay. we did. All right. We did, and have not spoken about it since. Now, because, for, for those yeah. those folks who are just jumping into the podcast and haven't been tracking with this story for the last year, uh, your daughter yes. is a senior in high school. Yes. And has yet to to decide where she is going to attend college in the fall. Yes. She, thankfully, has a couple of great options. She's a very good student. She She has attended a very, very good school here. She's worked very, very hard and uh, got in every school she uh, applied to. And And what all did she apply to, if you don't mind me asking? uh, Well... She got into Georgia, yeah, University of Georgia, which is difficult to get into now. Used to be when when I was graduating high school, that, that was, was where you went. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but now it's become a very very prestigious school. It is because of uh, the scholarships that states now provide. State mm-hmm. schools are now more much more difficult to get into because a lot of more kids are going. So, right. you know, we have the Hope Scholarship here in Georgia that uh, is paid for by the lottery, mm-hmm. and uh, then. Uh, so the top school is Georgia Tech, and the second uh, state state school, and the second is Georgia. And she wanted to get in Georgia, and she got in. And it's didn't want to go to Georgia Tech. She did, but uh, she decided not to even apply because she was um, well. She was she was worried about the the girl to guy ratio. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, it's yeah, sixty five thirty five in favor of the men. Yes, yes, yes. And, and Georgia Tech is going at women. They are trying to recruit women they very are. aggressively. They are, but Georgia Tech's standards of acceptance now are unbelievably high. Okay, so they're trying to winnow down their their student body. So so they're they're trying to reduce the number of students yes. on their campus. And, and 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 it's amazing that the competition for college is so completely different than it used to be. Right, right, and it is. Oh my gosh! It is a sea of parental anxiety. It is unbelievable. Now, are you saying that as an observer of this parental anxiety, or as a participant in? The parental I have anxiety. waded into the waters, <laughs> but I thankfully uh, can say that my wife and I are not swimming in the deep end. Okay, all right. So you're in the pool, but we're, you're in the shallow. I think, end I think of the pool. we're in the steps. We didn't okay. even get into the oh. shallow compared with other people. I mean, thankfully, we do have this kind of philosophy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah uh, that, that that helps us through this parenting journey. If you're journey. going to do this with yes. any kind of integrity, you're going to have to. Yeah, right. sure. Uh, yes. So we have been able to manage our anxiety a lot. Um, we did not speak today in this morning. You and your wife, did yeah, not? about it. Okay, right. And yeah. so it's kind of like this 
But I will tell you, it was interesting. So she, that's one of the schools she got into, and then she it's got the University into, of Georgia, yeah, and yeah. then she she has gotten kind of recruited by this smaller Christian school, private school in a different state. Is it? Uh, uh, and it's not uh, not a school that I would be familiar with. No, here. it is not um, Pepperdine. Perhaps on my coffee. It is oh, not. She wanted God. to do Pepperdine. I think I get uh, money got, if people go to Pepperdine really? who are sure. affiliated with me in any way, shape, or form. I, 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 I took her to Pepperdine. She loves that place it was for her it was just too far mm. a five hour flight sure yeah it's yeah, yeah. a That's... long ways which i get i was not opposed to it that'd be great that'd be fine with me but now, you wanted to get as far away as possible don't you yeah i think yeah, yeah there's a school in japan <laughs> i think that was recruiting her when we were in yes. kazakhstan last year we saw yes. a university that no, you would be perfect for not at all but uh so she uh, so they've offered her. There's a scholarship attached to that school that is. This is Lipscomb University in Nashville, yes, Tennessee, and right? that is. Uh, I have a ton of friends who teach there, by the way. Yes, yeah, so do I, and uh, a lot of connections with that yeah, school, and sure. it's doing amazing things. And uh, Randy Lowry is the president there, and of course, Randy came from a school with which I am very familiar out yes. on the West Coast called Pepperdine. That would be Pepperdine. That would right? be Pepperdine. That would yeah. be Pepperdine. Maybe yes. I just I should get paid for every time we say you the say word it? Pepperdine. Yeah. Well, someone's got a drinking game going on, and you're, one of your buddies back at Pepperdine. Pepperdine, Pepperdine, Pepperdine. Yes. Now that guy's on the floor with alcohol poisoning, thanks to you. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's in Nashville, which is a great town. It is. It's an it, up-and-coming school in so many ways. It's a great distance from here. Yeah, four and a half. Four, four and a half hours. Right. So she could get home... On the odd weekend, sure, you know, sure, but yes, but it, yeah. it would require some doing. Oh, absolutely! It's not like you're 45 minutes away, right? right. You know, and in UGA, uh, Georgia, is about an hour, yeah, hour and 15 yeah. minutes away from the house. So she, we've told her, if she goes there, she doesn't get a car mm. for the first year. Okay, doesn't get to take her car because. But uh, if she goes to Lipscomb, she does. Yes. Okay. But we shall see. There's we've weighed it the yeah. costs, right? And it's a, it's interesting to go through the whole process because it forces you to figure out, okay, do I care more about the outcome or do I care about the process? The decision-making process, which is something we talk about at Scream Free a lot. Right. And uh, for those any familiar with us will know we're about process. Yeah, right? we're about how you do something rather than what you end up doing, because the motivation and method that you go through in order to make a decision is going to affect the decision you make more than the particular choice of that decision. And yet, I think I, I want to emphasize this for from a leadership perspective, mm-hmm. we are committed. To doing excellent work, yes. So, but for a lot of people, uh, sometimes people feel like they have to choose between process and product. Right. But do we? We can have an excellent process, and we'll sacrifice quality on the product side. Right. Or we can have an excellent product, but the process may not be very healthy. I know when when I was in uh, when I was serving a church I, as the lead pastor. Right. I had two different people on staff. One of them we know very well, Darren, mm-hmm. was on my staff. And, uh, and Darren is a process guy, mm-hmm. wants to make sure the process is super healthy. But I know sometimes that product was not, you know, always what I wanted it to be. I had another sure. guy on my sure. staff, his name was Chad, and Chad was a product guy. Mm-hmm. And if, if he had to be the biggest jerk in the world... In order to get it done. In order to get it done, it was going to be done on time, under budget, and it was going to exceed your expectations. And but, just by the means, right? And I loved having the two of them... Right. 
in the room with me. Sure. Because they were both, they, they, they created a nice tension in the office. Right. For me, as the leader, to get feedback from both of them. Right. That, and that's fantastic. What, what the, I think the, the ultimate uh, difficulty is understanding that um, the right process is the only way you're going to get to the right product because products don't just appear magically. Right. That you have to go through a process in order to get there. And so uh, if you are going to have the product that does everything you want it to do, which means the the product is, let's just say it's a widget, that it does exactly what it says it's going to do, right? Mm-hmm. That your marketing is very, very clear on that and successful yeah. at attracting people to use this thing, right? So you've made something that works, made something that uh, people actually want, mm-hmm. you know, in order, and and you've made it where you actually have the capability of delivering it at the time right. people... Right, when you... Right, yeah. Right, and, and so if you are all about just getting the product out there come hell or high water and you're destroying relationships along the way, you are not going to get an excellent product because you're not going to have the capability of continuing to deliver on that. Right. You may get a one-term excellent product, but you won't have a sustainable or scalable model. Exactly. But at the same time, I think it's important for process people to have a good end in mind. Always. You have to... Process cannot truly be processed unless it, unless it is informed by the end result. Right. You're constantly being informed by... Because that gives you the best feedback, is constantly testing, all right, if we do it this way, and we carry that out to its logical extension, what will be the end result? Will it lead us to the product that right. we're looking for? Right. Yeah. Right. And so then you... And then you can do launch of that, see how it works, then have that inform the process from then on. That's what, that's how decision-making happens, is we learn to make decisions based on the decision-making process we go through that is then informed by the results that we get. So decisions are made, healthy decisions, good decisions, are made because you've made decisions in the past Yes. at varying degrees of goodness. Yes. And it's the you, only way to become yeah, a good decision maker is practice. Is by making bad decisions. Yep. Now think about that with your children. I know. Think about the fact that uh, this choice is now up to her. Uh-huh. We have outlined all that we are responsible to her, and what, and that includes the amount of money that we're going to... And, and so the way so we... So you've given her, we're willing to contribute X amount to your yes. college education. Yes. So we're not giving you a blank check. No. So go to wherever, whichever never, school, we don't care. Yes, that's yeah. part of our process okay. is by, we want our kids to have some stake in the game mm. of their education because there's been so many studies that sure. have shown the kids that have blank checks from their parents actually don't... don't take it as seriously. They don't graduate. Yeah. It's, it's a poor, very yeah. poor graduation rate. And so they have to have some skin in the game, and which school she chooses... Uh, the skin in the game that she has to come up with are very different. Okay. Because what we've said is our amount is the same either one. Either so way. so University of Georgia obviously is a publicly funded state university. That we live in the state right. of. So she yes. gets in resident or resident mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, rate for yes. that. Uh, Lipscomb University is a private 
right. university. Which has much more flexibility on what type of scholarships they're going to offer. Sure. The University of Georgia, it, it requires an act of government to change the rate yes. of tuition. Lipscomb, they can change it on a whim because they're privately held. So, And uh, they can offer scholarships or reduce the rate or give you discounts yeah. or anything. People, you know, I, we went to tour schools all over the place and they hear these outrageous per year fees. Yeah, this private university yeah, costs $45,000 yeah. a year. Wake Forest is 63. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Duke is 59, oh, right? 59000 a year. And that can be daunting and intimidating, and it can cause a lot of people to say, well, absolutely not, don't even you apply. Can't. Except Duke then says, and the average financial aid package for a student at Duke is 41000 Which reduces it down to 18000 which is average. comparable. Yeah. Right. And so you could get more than that, depending on what your own income is and depending right. on what other scholarships you qualify for. But that's the average. And so that's what private schools can do. And so this private school has kind of actively recruited my daughter. And, mm-hmm. and so it's a very different financial picture, one to the other. But we've let her know. Uh, we made spreadsheets and you know, try and do apples to apples. And, and we've let her know, though, that whichever choice that she makes, the, our financial commitment remains the same. Mm-hmm. But here was the biggest thing that we had to wrestle with, is what do we do if one of us, or if either one of us, has a very strong opinion about which school we want her to go to? Now, so many parents think, well, I have control of that. Because I control the purse strings. The purse strings. And so I won't give my money equally to other schools. So if you go to this school, I'll chip in this much. If you go to that school, I'll only throw you that much. Or none at all. Ah, yeah. Right. You'll pay your own way if if that's where you want to go. If you want to go all the way over there, if you want to go down the street, then... then, And uh, I will tell you that we did that. You did? On some schools. Okay. It was few... But there were certain schools when I just said, absolutely, you can apply, you can get in. Um, I cannot, in a good conscience, uh, give money towards that. To the University of Oklahoma? Was that, or Texas A&M? Was it Texas A&M? Both of those are completely <laughs> off limits. You can go there. Now, but if you, go you to can, the, if you, you go to Texas, then uh, uh, sure, we'll uh, absolutely. kill the fatted calf, and we will uh, welcome you. Absolutely, but if, <laughs> if you even think about becoming a sooner, that's not going to happen. Mean, I yeah. will. I will. I will. Um, You're dead to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you on the other side. You know, <laughs> there'll be a reunion in heaven. Yeah. And, uh, maybe, maybe, because I doubt it for you now. I mean, <laughs> no regenerate person would attend. Yeah, of the course, of I mean, I, I think you know both maroon and the crimson are colors yeah. in the flames of hell. I think they are. So, but you, wait, you wait, wait, but burnt orange is not. No, okay. not at all. Burnt orange. That's yeah. Is the, the glow of the of the of the sun glow. When it says streets of gold, yes. the Greek there really is translated burnt, burnt orange. orange. <laughs> burnt orange is the color of the sunset, man. The sunset, the po- and that's what the color well, of that's orange is. and blue at Pepperdine. Uh-huh. It's orange for the sun and blue for the waves. Really? That's where it came from. That's oh, where they got the well, colors. There you have yeah, it. See? Look at that. Pepperdine waves. Pepperdine. 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 Uh, Pepperdine. Keep, keep, keep drinking, buddy. Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> so okay, you, you've killed a guy. <laughs> One of your buddies is now dead. Yes, that's right. Someone call 911. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there is, uh, how long has this decision-making process been 
uh, going on, no. Oh, it goes back, you know, until we first started talking to her about college. Which probably, was when? Yeah, probably summer after freshman year. Okay. In yeah. sophomore year, we began talking about it. I had an interesting conversation with my oldest daughter. She's a freshman in high school last week. We were talking about college. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and I told her that... Uh, what I want, what I hope to do, I, I realize I can't motivate her right. to, to get grades. No. Right? She's going to decide whether she does her homework, whether she finishes projects on time, all that kind of stuff, because motivation comes from inside. Yes. So I, I told her, my job is not to motivate you because I can't do that. Right. I'm going to try to inspire you. Sure. Which is different. Now, I had a conversation with someone a day and a half ago who said, oh, that's just semantics. And I said, there's no such thing as no semantics. Such thing. Um, there's a reason why there's two different words for that. Words mean what yes. they mean, right? So there's a difference between motivating someone, which right. I cannot do, and inspiring them, which I can do. Sure. So my, my tack here is to try to inspire her with what college life can be. Sure. And with the the idea that if she catches hold of that vision, right, then she will be motivated to do what she must do to get into the college of her choice. Right. So next week, for example, we leave Monday and we're going out to Seattle. I'm going to be doing some work with the brave men and women there at Joint Base Lewis McCord yes. in uh, uh, Dupont. Yes. And uh, and and Annabelle and I are going to be spending some time in Seattle, and I'm 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 going to take her to Seattle Pacific and mm-hmm. University of Washington, and we're going to tour those campuses. Great. So we were having this conversation, and and she said, you know what? I don't know anything about college. Mm. I said, well, tell me more about that. She said, uh, in high school, they say, college, 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 college. You must go to college. And they don't tell you anything about what college is. Mm. It's like they assume you know what it means. Right. So I said, well, let's talk about that. She said, where do you live? Mm. She doesn't even know wow. those kinds of things. I said, well, I, I said, well, there are these things called dormitories. She says, right. okay, so I've heard of dorms. What mm-hmm. is that like? Mm-hmm. So I described kind of what my dorm at Pepperdine, Pepperdine, Pepperdine was yeah, and uh, and how that looked. But then I said, okay, so I also I taught at a camp at Oglethorpe University, which is here in Atlanta. Right. And I said their dorms were organized differently. So I kind of diagrammed with those. Sure. Okay, all right. Sure. So, so now she's like, where do you eat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about just simple, basic things like that, that. She had no idea. Mm-hmm. Do you? She thought it was like high school. You go to call. You go to class from eight, right. eight in the morning until right. three o'clock in the afternoon. I said, No, no, no. It's different than sure. that. You know, sure. and explaining to her how some classes don't meet every day. Right. Mo- very few classes meet every day. I had a classes full schedule. That, is you're only in class fifteen hours a week. I, I had classes right. that met on Tuesday and Thursday only. Right. I had you know Monday, Wednesday, Thursday Friday. classes. Right. You know whatever you know, and uh, and and some classes don't even start till five o'clock in the evening. Right. And so she's fascinated by these things. So what would you do during that? You'd have two or three hours off. Yeah, two or three hours in the middle of the day. What do you do? Well, you could you could get a job. That's one thing mm-hmm. you could do. Or you, you could take do your homework. Or, you could yeah yeah. So I think it's important for parents of high school students to begin those conversations because this is what she said. When will they? When were they planning on telling me these things? Mm. Sure. So I, I don't know well, if they were ever planning on telling no, you No, the parents are... I mean, they're assuming the parents will. Yeah. And right. that's what I told her. I said, that's sure. why you have me. Sure. Exactly. You have me to answer these questions. So right. bring me your questions about this. Right, right. And, and, I, and uh, we have... Uh, it's been a topic of conversation in our family for so long, and 
we have taken them on campuses. Uh, even when they were young, we took them on the Texas campus to go watch a football game. And mm. and they've been on campuses with friends to go watch sporting events. They've yeah. all been to Georgia Tech games, and they've been, to, they've been doing that their whole lives. And Georgia Tech know? is a little unusual in right. that its stadium is actually on campus. As is Georgia's. University of Georgia as well. Right. But there are a lot of places the, that... It's not. The, the stadium is... Sure. Is is you know miles and miles away. Sure, so. sure. It, and then so one, like you were saying, we wanted to expose her to different possibilities. And mm-hmm. so I, because I travel, right, or have traveled, so I would just take her and say, "Hey, I have to go speak in Michigan. Let's go look at the University of Michigan." Cool. So we just went together, and it was fantastic yeah. to have those trips, those one-on-one trips, where we did that. We drove down and looked at Notre Dame. These are schools. Boy, that, that's a beautiful campus oh, right there. It's Notre Dame. When you close your eyes and imagine what a college campus looks yeah, like, it's brick and yeah, it's beautiful. Columns and, and lakes, mature and, trees. Yes, and, it's yeah. at, and stadium, the famous stadium right there, yep. and then the touchdown, touchdown Jesus, Jesus and, and uh, <laughs> all that stuff. It's it's fantastic. I just wanted to look at so many different options because that's ultimately what our job is: is to expose our kids to the realities of what they're heading to, yeah. heading towards, this life full of options. That's why decision-making has always been so, so very important uh, to us in our parenting, is because you're going to face this overwhelming list of options, where in college, so many kids really, really struggle in the first year because they're not used to having that many options along with that much power. Right. They they have had a curfew, had a curfew, had a curfew, right. and all of a sudden they don't have a curfew, so right. why should I go home? Exactly. They've they've had enforced study time, enforced study time, enforced right. study time with mom or dad hovering over them, and now that mom and dad are not hovering over them, they're just sort of like untethered. Yep. They're just adrift, and sure. they, they don't know how far the the back wall is anymore. It, and you know, we've talked about these themes a lot on this on this show. It, it I think the college choice, which a lot of kids are, this is the season when yeah. they start hearing if yeah. they got in or they didn't get in at the different places that they choose. It is this uh, kind of uh, dare I say it final exam on how well you've been doing on helping your kids make decisions up to this point. Right. And how well you have been doing, process-wise, in helping them see as best they can what they are potentially actually going to choose. Like, what does it look like to choose to go to this school? What does it yeah, look yeah, like yeah. to choose to go to this one? And what does it look like to make a choice right. for yourself and for your future? And stick with it. And and never and not look back. Yeah. In in burn the ships. I, I told uh, I kept, I've always told my kids about the the Cortez story. Yeah. Where they sh- landed all the ships, everybody he, got off, and then he torched them. Yeah. Said we're here. We're not going back. Yep. We are here to adjust. There is not an option of right. sailing back home. There's no going backwards. We're gonna make. A, we have to make the life here. And I've talked to her about the look. We're go- there's going to come a deadline. And and it could be uh, you know exterior forced. It could be interior driven. Why we decide a particular deadline, but mm-hmm. uh, deadlines are incredibly valuable for decisions because it forces you to stop the wondering and start the planning. Yeah, that's big because now it moves from theory to practice. It's done. Yeah. Now I can adjust to it. It's the unknown, which is so so difficult. It's we call it being in limbo, but we rarely think about. 
the game Limbo on the beach, you're literally bending over literally, backwards. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's not a comfortable place to be. No, so you can't stay it, there very long. It's not a comfortable place to stay. Right. Yeah. It's it, maybe it's a great pro- it's process you have to go through, but it's like people who want to be engaged for three years. You are an idiot. Yeah, That's a limbo, yeah. right? Be engaged That's for no six land. months. It, that, that, I, I, we were engaged for a year, and it was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. Get, Mark get Buchanan uh, talks about, uh, I think it was uh, the border between Kenya and Uganda mm-hmm. was disputed. There was like a, a hundred meters right. of disputed territory. And so both governments came to an agreement, this will be neither. Right. So they put a fence on one and a fence on the other, and then there was this sort of fenced-in area that was 100 meters square, mm-hmm. you know. And Mark says that when he went there, he expected that nobody would be there. Like, you would cross one gate, and then you would just run across. Sure. To, he said, to his surprise, there were just people milling around in there. Hmm. Interesting. Just loving the fact that they are nowhere. They are literally in no man's land. Right. There are no governing bodies to enforce anything here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, This is a country without men. Right. Like, this is this this little square space. And he said it was just bizarre to him. Um, But it it is indicative of so many things in our lives where we have left one thing, but we have refused to enter the next thing. We prefer sometimes to live in this kind of limbo and and to some extent that's where teenagers 17 18 years old can be sure yeah the song you know uh, i think we've quoted it before the the great the alice cooper song i'm 18 i'm a boy yeah i'm a man i don't know what i want i'm 18 (laughs) that's a beautiful lyric and that is that is someone who has left childhood right but has not yet entered adulthood And they're living in this space, this liminal space between yep. the two. Yep. And every decision has that space. The best decision makers really, really shorten that space. Yeah. They Reduce really good. that. The best distance. decision makers learn to make decisions quickly and never look back. And the the, the worst decision makers do just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. take forever, and then after they make a decision, they mm. waffle backwards sometimes. Those are the worst decision makers. So one of the things we've done to help prevent that process is we've got this deadline, yeah, right, um, which is today. It's a, it's today. <laughs> I'm still looking at my phone, right? <laughs> turning my phone over, right? Yeah, right. Seriously. But it is today, and because I'm now I'm getting texts from other people. What's she going to do? What yeah, she, exactly. Has she decided? Exactly. What's the decision? But What's one on? of the things we have told her this again, going back to the the question: What if uh, we feel strongly? Yeah, right. And so. What we feel strongest about, it's always important to figure out what you want most. It's also important to figure out what you care about the most. And what I care most about is her decision-making process and the motivation behind making a particular decision, rather than which college she goes to. Mm. Now, obviously, like I said, I have... I have eliminated some options that I would willingly support. This did not eliminate her ability to pursue that. Right. But it eliminated my support of that. She but wants I, to go to the University of Oklahoma. That is her right. My, my niece was headed there. Yeah. Right? Until 
um, she realized that she really still liked having a relationship with her uncle. <laughs> and no. we don't mean to say anything. There, no, there are some, no, no. There are some good on. folks even at the and University they, of Oklahoma. No, she, it was, yeah. would have been a great fit, but she chose another school, and that's fine. So there, but there were some schools that I said I wouldn't. And, uh, but then I said, these schools, yeah. And I tried to make that as big a pool as possible yeah. for her to choose from. And because I wasn't going to wield that power uh, um, all sure. over the place, sure. Right? Because again, I want it to be a choice where she feels great about the decision. And ultimately, the main reason she chooses a place is because she sees herself becoming her best self mm-hmm. in that environment. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yeah. And do I have some opinions about where that might happen? Of course you do. Yes. Do I have knowledge about where that might happen? No, Mm-mm. I can't. Right. And here's here's one other thing that I want to caution people about, mm-hmm. because and I think even one of the things you said may have set you know set off some anxiety in some people. You said this is like a final exam, right? And, and I I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I want to make sure people understand if your kids choose sure to go to an you know an undergraduate program that. It isn't as lofty as you would like. Right. Uh, it isn't as lofty a name yeah. as you would like. So right. If they choose to go to a smaller school, Catawba or Berman sure. or, you know, Barry College or someplace like that, that is that is not the end of the world. Oh, my gosh. It's fantastic. It, it, the, if, if they've chosen a place that they feel great at, it's great. It, more and you're more... thinking, you were thinking Auburn. You were thinking, well, you were thinking Georgia. You were thinking Notre bigger. Dame. You sure. were thinking Northwestern. You were thinking Pepperdine or Stanford right. or someplace sure. like that. And they choose to go to Davidson College. Sure. Well, but, the, the reality is where the, the some of those choices will be made for them right. where they can't get in, right? Uh it's it's not a final exam. You're talking to a guy who I transferred five times in undergraduate. Right. Right. I went to five schools my first five semesters. I transferred a lot. Yeah. Still got in. Yeah. To the, I've still got in, graduated uh, uh, in you have four two years. Degrees. And then I've got two masters on top of that. But it's, uh, I'm, I do not want her to believe that the decision is final. Right. I do want her to understand that her decisions do uh, to go through one door do close some others. Like yes. if she chooses, she does not have to tell Georgia today. She doesn't have to tell Georgia until May 1. But she's got to tell Lipscomb. No, she's got to tell the people. There's a private foundation that she applied for a scholarship. Oh, I see. She's got to tell them today. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, after today, they have to give that scholarship to somebody else. Mm, right? Yeah. So... She could choose still choose Lipscomb after today if she should have said no today, but it's minus a huge amount of money, sure. right? Which makes it much more difficult for her. And then she would have to come up with well, the Delta the if yeah. she does that. My, here's what do we do about our opinion? Obviously, there are some yeah. things you can clearly state I won't support. And this is for what whatever reason. This is something that a lot of parents feel very passionately about. Oh, yeah. Some of these loyalties sure. run deep. You know, sure. we've been five generations at Ole Miss, right. or we right. have been your your father is a legacy at the University of Michigan, or, or more important like than that, the, or even what I see it now and more and more is is we've done everything uh, to script your life to get you into you know Ivy League. Yeah, uh, we've we've done this. Uh, you see that in particular because your wife teaches at a very prestigious private sure. school, and, sure. and so so a lot of that community is focused on those elite schools. And, and the higher you get, 
in in the echelon, the more competition you face, uh-huh. and then, then the more anxiety, right? Because it's it's obvious that if you don't get into Dartmouth, then right. then, then your life is over. Well, yeah, I mean that's, that's if you don't get into Dartmouth, you know, you might then well, you won't be able to major in the right thing. Right. You won't get the right job. You won't be able exactly. to live in the right place. You won't marry well, the right person. Well, and and so, you're, so you won't many... give me the grandkids that I deserve. Right. <laughs> You know, and I don't want you to have grandkids because I want you to have a career that that, uh, I wished I could have had until I had kids. So we're living vicariously through them, yeah. All that stuff comes into play. So here's what we did. Say, look, we're going to have a meeting, not right before the due date, but we're going to have a meeting, and we're going to lay out all the options and talk as openly as we can, and and I'm towards the end of the meeting, I'm going to let you know, and my wife's the same, I'm going to let you know what my opinion is, what I think would be best. And then after that, I'm never going to say another word about it. Are you going to elaborate on why that's your choice? Okay, so absolutely. Yeah, this is this is your closing argument. Sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, sort of if you if you think courtroom dramas, right? Which I didn't have. It's not like I was on one side the whole time. I haven't been. I and even then, I'm still not on the the side I'm on is. The decision-making process. Right. Now, in order to do that, I thought, well, she obviously is very, very tuned in to what her parents think. Mm-hmm. It is a huge thing that we don't think we have any influence on our kids, and Please. you have more influence than anyone else mm-hmm. ever. Hopefully, they eventually will eclipse you in the influence they have on themselves. <laughs> I, I saw a recent right. study about the current generation of teenagers and how their parents, the vast majority of their parents, think they are completely self-focused. Right. But the vast majority of the current generation of teenagers believe that their parents are their best friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. That that's their perception. It's what we've been doing for several generations, Right, and particularly in the last couple of generations, which is one of the things, one of the reasons why college has become such a difficult process. Mm-hmm. So what I told her was, because I'm more loyal to the process than I am to a particular decision, here's, I'm going to give you what I think would be best for you and why. And then I'm never going to say another word about it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you make your decision, I am not going to ask you about it. Are I'm, you sure? I'm Are you, yeah, three of the thoughts? most three of the most demeaning words. I oh. heard what you said, but I think I know better what you meant. So I'm going to ask you again, so that you can say what I think you should say. <laughs> Are you? Is this your final answer? Oh gosh! <laughs> I am. When she says her answer, I'm going to say from then on. I'm That's your, where you're going, and I'm your biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And I will help you sell that decision to the folks in your life, like extended family members that are going to question it. This is something that so many adults do, though. Like, we choose a line at the grocery store, but we keep a mental marker on where we would be if we'd been in the other line. And if the other, like, if my mental marker gets through the checkout before I do, I feel like I failed. Right. And so when I choose this school, I'm going to put a mental marker in, you know, the other school and yeah. gauge and, oh, man, they and won a national championship or, or their, their scores are higher. Or, or No, I'm watching who else chose to go there and mm-hmm. my friends and are they doing are they better? Are they having a better? Are they having more fun? Right. Yeah. All of that stuff, right? And if you want to do that in order to help you become a decision, better decision maker, then use that as feedback. That's, that's fine. That's different. That, that, that's, that's a different motivation yeah. rather than trying to kind of waffle on your decision and beat yourself up about it. Uh, But it is a, you make that decision and we burn the ships. Yeah. 
This is where we're going. Absolutely. Yep. And it's not a we. Uh, yeah, that's true. Right. This is where, where you're you are going, going. And I will fully support you. I will be your biggest cheerleader. But I can only do that if I know that I have clearly stated my opinion. Mm. I'm clearly stating my position, recognizing it's your decision. And then after you make the decision, I'm assuming you have all the information you need, certainly all the information from me, there is nothing more for me to say, ever. And so I'm never going to say, well, do you regret? I'm never going to say, I told you so, you know, hey, I was thinking, you know, I could have told you. If she doesn't have a good experience, whatever, and she starts thinking about it, I'm never going to say, ever. And I just don't do that. And that's, that's an interesting thing. I... I was reading some research recently about uh, changing habits. I've been doing yeah. a lot of research in, in habit stuff uh-huh. and behavior modification stuff. Uh, and Listen to you. Change Get, of getting into behavior mod business. Well, I'm not. <laughs> here's the difference. I'm not, behaving, I'm not modifying anyone else's behavior. It's just yours. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so it's interesting about the language that we choose. Speaking of semantics, mm-hmm. right? If you say... I can't uh, drink alcohol. It makes me fat. I can't handle it, right? So I I can't. That is a position of weakness. Versus? I don't. I don't. No, I don't don't drink. I have... I've chosen not to because I don't like... It's a choice. Yeah. I just don't do it. I don't like the outcome when I do it. I'm six foot tall. I have blackish brown hair. I don't drink alcohol. I have two kids. I and you just list it as this is yeah who I am. Yeah, I don't do it. And it's it's amazing versus I can't versus I can't which, or which I'm trying not yeah, to. Oftentimes implies well, I wish I could, it's, but it's exactly uh, I what just, it implies. I can't. That's yeah. exactly what it implies. And you eventually, what you're doing by that is partitioning off a part of yourself, the the dark side, if you will, mm-hmm. and trying to put it away. And say, bad boy, yeah. you know, yeah, go yeah, back yeah. over there and stay. And as long as I can hold that bad boy at bay, then... But that bad boy becomes the dog barking in the basement. Exactly. No, this is uh, all of me yep. saying I don't do that. Is it informed by my temptations, by my weaknesses? Mm-hmm. Yes. Of course it is. But I've made a decision. I don't do it. Yeah. I don't say I told you so. Now, that what here's what amazes me about that is... When you make, and you cannot do this very often, right? This is this is a power of your will that you have to use very sparingly. You, so you got to pick what you really, really want to use it on. But I, that's what I did with screaming. I just said I don't scream at my kids. I don't. Yeah, so it, it forced me to f- come up with other options. Well, what do I do? Twelve years ago, when you and I met, mm-hmm. and we you you first started introducing me to to the things that were in your head, things that you were beginning to present, and right. things that you wanted to write, the the need language yeah. struck me, mm-hmm. and I made a decision. I don't need right. I don't oh. need this person to behave in a particular way. I don't right. need, and, and it altered my vocabulary first. Right, it does. But this is what, and, and it took a while. Sure. Took a long while sure. for me to fully internalize that to become a person who legitimately doesn't need. Exactly. But it began with a decision. Right. And then it became vocabulary, and then it became behavior. 
Exactly. Uh, and then it became... And then it became internalized. It, with feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's... it's uh, there's a great you TED Talk... You behave and your feelings follow yeah, your behavior. I mean, exactly. it's, it's remarkable. There's a great TED Talk, and I can't remember the person's name, but it's about... Uh, it's about... Look up just power posture, I think is what it's called. Uh, TED Talk power posture. But... but Here's what it is. This woman is a professor at an Ivy League school, and she looks at... She did an experiment on... Power pose. Power pose. That's it. Yeah, it's Amy Cuddy. C-U-D-D-Y. It's it's so good. It's so good. Power pose. Because what she does is say, look, you can choose your posture. You Mm -hmm. can choose how you're going to stand. And it has actual... It affects biological change in you. So she measured people that chose to sit like I am right now, yeah, right, upright or stand upright in the power pose. She says with chest out and and and, head, and shoulders back and head held high yeah. and uh, and measured testosterone levels huh. and cortisol levels. Wow, testosterone, right, strength yeah, hormone sure. and uh, initiation hormone. Cortisol is a stress hormone, it, yeah. that puts weight around your midsection. And uh, if you stand slouched. Like this, it was amazing. Testosterone dips way yeah. down. Cortisol goes way, way up. up, right? And when you do the power pose, exact opposite. The opposite. You're more alert. You're more yeah. energetic. You're and, more attractive. And she tells this great story about how she was convinced she couldn't make it because she went to an Ivy League school and then was struggling and didn't. And she said, "I can't do this," right? And she had a professor saying, uh, "What are you even talking about? You made it into the school. Yeah, you choose. You're going to." So she was like, it's not fake it till you make it. No. It's fake it in order to make it. Uh-huh. You fake it in order to become it. Yeah. That's what you fake it to become it is what she says. And that it's about posture, but it's also about language. Mm-hmm. But you cannot do this very, very often. But it is, you got to figure out what are the ones that you want to really, really hang your hat on. And relationships is always for me. And there's phrases that I don't use. I need you to... I told you so. No. There's no ever reason why I told this, you so is yeah. going to be helpful. Yeah, nothing good ever happens. Ever. There's after no, that. Na- yeah, 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 you yeah. hate it when anybody tells you yep. that. And so you just say, I'm not, I don't do that. Yeah. Not, I'm not going to do it. No, I don't. I don't do that. Now, I, and what, now that's what I did with screaming. I, I told you I don't know, scream. I screamed at my daughter horribly when she was one year old. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was this this scary moment where I understood that gosh, shaking a baby and and you know child allowing abuse, your anxiety to get the better of you can drive you to. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm not going to do that. And by choosing not to do that, it exposed a lot of other options. Yeah, I got, had to get creative about okay, what am I going to do when there's behavior problems? What, what am I going to say when I would normally say, mm-hmm. "Well, I told you so." Right. When I am feeling that I was not acknowledged in the decision making process, when I do not feel appreciated mm-hmm. for whatever wisdom I have, yeah, that's what I will say. But not "I told you so" in an effort to get that appreciation yeah. from you in order to extract that acknowledgement from you now that you are in a weakened position and I can get it from you. That's what I told you so does. Yeah. You know, instead of me, I'm going to be authentically represent myself. Sometimes I feel underappreciated by you. That's a 
possibly connective yes. statement. Because, you know? it, but it it puts me in a vulnerable position. Yes, I have to lead with vulnerability, and that's something that a lot of parents are reluctant to do. No, that's something 100% of human beings are reluctant to do. <laughs> Lead with authentic vulnerability. Right. Right, which is not neediness. Authentic, which is different. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. No, authentic vulnerability is I'm scared, not I need you to comfort me. That's not vulnerability. That's weakness. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability, true vulnerability is a strength. Okay. Right, and, it, yeah. and it's leading yeah, yeah, yeah. with it, and this combination of vulnerability and strength is among the most attractive forces in the universe. It's one of the things that I've started talking about when we do our trainings. You know, we 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 always uh, really encourage our the people that we're training to become very very curious mm-hmm. with the clients they see. I've added a word to it: a humble curiosity. Right. It's not a leading curiosity. Yeah, it's not a, a curiosity because I want to see right. what just a, a, a humble right. curiosity. Can I be? Can I practice humility in front of them? Right, and have it manifest itself in my curiosity. Yep, um, and and that it's it's weird, but in Western thinking, uh, humility equals weakness. Right, and and yet in Eastern thinking. Oftentimes, humility is strength. Yes, very much so. And and confidence is weakness. Yeah, right? overconfidence, yeah, particularly. Look, well, they would say well, they're one and the same. Yeah, exactly. In, in many, many ways. So I am uh, anxious. Yeah. But I'm wondering why am I anxious about this decision? Mm. It's not my decision. No. All I have to do is support. It affects you. It dramatically affects me, but it doesn't affect my pocketbook. No. Because I've already you've said, already determined how much it's going to affect your pocketbook, and it's the same regardless, right? And so I'm no longer attached to that money. Yeah, I'm getting really Buddhist here. Right? <laughs> I'm no longer attached to that money. We we did talk about Eastern philosophy. Yes, so it's not thought. it's not my money. It's money I've already. Yeah. So I don't spend that money. Yeah, because it's not mine. You're detached from it. Uh, yeah, and I'm so detached you don't, from yeah. it. So I have no emotional investment in it. I am detached from my daughter. She mm-hmm. is not in a healthy way. Not in a, in a right? yeah. Not in a cut off sort of way. But, no, but you can't. Yeah. You can't connect unless you're detached. Right. And she is in the process of ceasing to be my exactly daughter. She, she, she will always be my offspring. Yes. Right? But And, and technically my daughter, uh-huh. right? But my whole goal is to help her become her own self. Exactly. Right? That's the whole goal of parenting is that she develops... A, and I... I mean, I've been around her enough. She doesn't have problems <laughs> yeah, being <that's> herself. <laughs> In juxtaposition to me, yes, yes, she yeah. does it and does it often, and, and amazingly does it calmly, but it's fiercely. That, that, that's the word. So, so I'm not attached to the decision then. Okay. Has she? Have you? No, I haven't checked. I, you haven't checked your phone in like five mm-hmm. minutes. I turned okay. it over. Oh, look at you. It's been longer than five minutes. Okay. <laughs> I think it's been like thirty-five. Now, minutes. what if she were to throw you a curve here at the last minute? What mm-hmm. if you know? Because we're coming down to the wire. What right. if she just decides she's going to go? There's a third option. You going to be okay with it? Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's still hope for Pepperdine. Because so, really, there's, yeah, there's still there hope is. for the for de- a... the decision <laughs> she makes right now is just about Lipscomb. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just because she's choosing lip not to take this scholarship does not mean she's choosing to go to Georgia. Okay. So she's either going to be a bison or a or a bulldog. 
Maybe there could be a third or option, there, or she could be a wave. We're right. we're holding out hope for. She Pepper will Knight. not be. She will not be my, sooner. She will not be in my house, <laughs> not going to college or not working. Ah, there you go. Full okay, time. so so at least that is closed off to her. Yes. She's either going to go to college or she's going to get a job, if right. she's going to live in my house. Okay, okay, all right. Well, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, this weekly podcast on all things screen free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm themselves down so that they can grow up, so they can get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. She just texted it. Oh yeah? What's the, is, do you want to tell on the air or should people have to you gotta listen tune in next time? Tune you gotta in listen next, next time to find out. She just texted.